this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. Today's episode with Jack Jensen is extraordinary and unique compared to the last 90 plus episodes. Jack Jensen is the founder of The Rec League. No, not the men's basketball league at your local church. The Rec League is a sports-obsessed creative agency based in Los Angeles. And Jack has worked closely with numerous professional athletes. The Rec League has worked with New Balance, Autograph, which is a crypto company, EA Sports, and Gymshark. Jack claims he's made Kawhi Leonard laugh, which we would all love to hear. Jack goes on in this episode to mention that Kobe Bryant was one of the most professional and dedicated athletes he's ever worked with, which I'm not surprised. And Jack and the Rec League just released a commercial with Jamal Murray for New Balance with no actual visual of the shoe. No shoe in the commercial that they were promoting. We'll hear about that. But I'm most excited for you to hear about his work ethic. He's slept in cars, worked 20 plus hour work days, and moved from city to city to get to where he's at today. His break-in starts at 72 and sunny, and he's not looking back. And before we get started, this episode is supported by Chicago Portfolio School. It's a one-year portfolio school option where you create a portfolio, also known as a book, that will impress some of the top agencies in the country. They've helped thousands of aspiring advertisers and can help you too. Find more information about them at chicagoportfolio.com or reach out to me directly on our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. And also at Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram. If you want to find out more information about Jack and his sports creative agency, the Rec League, head over to our Instagram there and we've got his contact info and a list of his resources he recommends just for you. That's at Breaking and Entering Pod. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. I'm super excited to introduce Jack Jensen. Jack, you are the founder of the Rec League. I think we're going to get a lot of new listeners this episode because you have that sports angle. So everybody that's new here, welcome to the Breaking Entering Podcast. We're going to be interviewing Jack today. So Jack, kick us off. Tell us about who you are and what you do. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah, so I'm Jack. Co-founded the Rec League with my creative partner, Trent Eubin, in 2018. Writer, director over there. You know, we kind of initially got going because uh, we felt we came from agency world client side. I felt there just wasn't a ton of people within the creative side that truly knew sports and sports culture. I uh, felt like it's a space that really demands authenticity and story. And, you know, that was kind of the kickoff point for Rec. And, you know, initially Trent and I were both, we met uh, working at 72 and Sunny back in the day. And, you know, we just kind of would hide away money uh, every month and then go and make something and, and learn and, and, you know, continue to be on set. And then from that, it just kind of blossomed organically, started bringing in more people. And now it's kind of, you know, blossomed to where it is today. Nice. Nice. So if you had to categorize your agency, what would it be again? Yeah. So we're a hybrid full creative agency, uh, production partner and post house. So Everything you've seen from us, we've done soup to nuts from brand strategy, brand management, creative development, production, full production, finishing and post. So 
We feel like we run intentionally lean, but very big in experience. In general, you know, we feel like having, you know, that same team kind of carry through the work delivers a better experience. And then there's not necessarily, you know, bodies wasted on things when, when it's not needed. Of course. So I think the headline or the, the topic of this conversation in your interview here is breaking into sports advertising or sports creative. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, my path was a little interesting. You know, I went to the University of Oregon, which mm-hmm. is hands down the best decision I've ever made. You know, met my wife there, met some of my best was a student athlete there on the track and field team. And from that, had a lot of really good friends that um, were in the ad program at Oregon, run by Deb Morrison, mm-hmm. uh, who had just kind of started at that time. I went into Oregon, wanted to be a sports writer, a writer, and you know, not really looking, not really understanding the advertising track. My roommate brought me to Deb. She kind of showed me this world a little bit, and then you know, I really saw ultimately advertising as kind of this lane to maybe achieve those goals in sports. I knew I wanted to work in sports. I knew I wanted to work in production and, you know, it felt like it was a unique lane and a unique path to get there. And from, you know, the University of Oregon, it was, you know, I graduated around the time the recession hit, journalism jobs were beyond in decline. And mm-hmm. here was this industry that touted beer taps and free Fridays and beanbag chairs. And I was like, all right, sounds good. I don't make any money anyways. So might as well give this a try. Took me about a year and a half to land a full time. I was working as a sports writer at Dime Magazine, you know, a place that uh, I credit with a lot of awesome, you know, relationships that I hold true to this day. And it really got me uh, connected with sports, along with you know being a student athlete at Oregon. And you know, from kind of grinding for about a year and a half, I went down to San Francisco, did an internship in an ad agency. It didn't really work out. Went up to Portland with the sole intention of bugging widen every single day to try to get on the Nike team. Wait, so you didn't have a job that you didn't have a job there. You just went up to Portland. No, I had, I'd saved a little money from, from college. I went to San Francisco, lost all of that living in a co-op, trying to make it work at this agency. It didn't work out. You, uh, what was you the know, agency? Drove, say it again. Sorry. What, what was the agency? Uh, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but it didn't, uh, didn't work. Good wow. shop, good people, but. Went up to went up to Portland, rented a three hundred dollars studio in Beaverton, Oregon, and was just making things and sending them to Widen and trying to get in. I mean, I, I anything like I, honestly, I was like making videos, making. I made a mock website. I wrote an entire song, then wrote it on a basketball, pumped it up, sent it to them with beats. I was like anything I could do to try to break in uh, to this thing. Didn't work, but met some really good people. Got into 72 and Sunny, an internship. It paid Which is great. Yeah, it paid $400 a month. I was living in Oregon on a Thursday. They said, can you get here on Monday? I was like, okay. You know, packed up my Explorer with what I could fit in there. Drove down, called a friend who was living in LA. If I could spend the night, it ended up turning into three months on his floor. And oh then I was living in, I was living in an agency for a little bit. Yeah, I was living in my car for a while. We even... Uh, even it was like an amazing, awesome story. But you know, we found this like parking pass for this mega apartment complex in LA. We photocopied it, put it on my car, so I could like sleep in my car behind the gates and stuff. It was like this entire journey of LA. My parents had none, no idea of any of this. 
Oh yeah, I'm curious. Like, well, are you, were you doing this all by yourself? I mean, what was motivating you? Why care so much? Did you just want to travel? Is that in your DNA? What was going on in your head? No, I mean, you know, I'm so from Denver originally. I went out to Oregon, and you know, my parents are insanely supportive, and I just felt like I needed to do it. You know, it didn't work out in San Francisco for me. I felt like it didn't work out in Portland, and I was like, I need to, I need to do whatever I can to make LA work. And I went down there in 72 was, at the time, it was just, you know, it was really a bound of talented folks, like super friendly. It was about 90 people or so one in one building. I was just awesome energy. And I felt like I needed to be a part of this. You know, going in as an internship, there's no, you know, guarantee of a job. So, I mean, I was, and I was working two jobs from that internship to maybe my first full year I would work eight in the morning till nine, 10 at night at that job. And then I would go from 10 to 3 a.m. at dime, writing basketball stories and interviewing guys and going to games. And meanwhile, oh in LA too, I would go to, uh, I'd have a press pass, you know, to the Clippers and Lakers. So I would go and interview guys for, for dime and I'd make more connections. And then, you know, so I, I play a lot of sports. I, uh, as you can tell by the name of the agency, the rec league, we're very obsessed with sports as adults, but, you know, I would play basketball everywhere I would go and I would just meet people. And so I, you know, I was not sleeping a ton in those days, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. And 72, you know, I was really grateful to get an opportunity at the end of that internship and oh, nice. yeah, it turned into five and a half years over there. And yeah, it was, that was a good time. When did you start at 72 and sunny with that internship? I want to say like early 2010. Okay. How old are you? You don't mind me asking. Uh, I'm I'm early 30s right now, so I'm 34. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying to I'm trying to get my timeline all figured out here. Um, yeah, so I graduate Oregon in 09, and mm-hmm. rough time to come out for jobs. Yeah, same uh, thing with 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the Great Resignation opening a lot of spots for. People yeah, it's right good now. now. It, it just started to open back up. We're noticing yeah. a lot of our students are finding jobs pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough, but you know, I mean, I had awesome friends that had my back. My parents had no idea that I was kind of like bumming around on couches and stuff. I, um, they don't need to know that. Yeah, No, no. I'm my, every time my mom hears this story, she cringes, but insanely supportive parents. And then, you know, I just felt like I really needed to do it. And honestly, like it, it gave me such a appreciation for it and a really good work ethic at the beginning of this that has mm-hmm. kind of carried through and everything I've done. Met some really great people along the way that, you know, are still friends. And during that time from working at Dime and, and ended up, you know, writing a bunch at Slam and you met a lot of really good people that kind of mixed into the sports ad world. And 72 at the time had NBA 2K, worked okay. on that, then ESPN, and kind of made my name a little bit more on the Samsung LeBron James account, working on that stuff. And it just all kind of, you know, learning from a bunch of great mentors there and you know, it just kind of all added up into an experience. So yeah, wouldn't change it. I'm glad I went through it and, you know, very lucky, very grateful. Gotcha. So you did five years at 72 and sunny and over your career, you've worked with a lot of interesting people and you've had a lot of really interesting clients. Can you say, or maybe think of one or two campaigns that you might've worked on that really stand out, whether that was foundational for your start Maybe that first big break you got that you can tell us about or just something recent. Yeah. I mean, a couple, well, one, 
that stands out. You know, we the Adidas account had come to 72, it, huge deal, starting with uh, kicking off with global football. Uh, my partner, Gerardo Ortiz, at the time, him and I were just, you know, absolutely grinding day in and day out. And it was the longest kind of pitch process I've ever been a part of. And 72 had so many talented creatives at the time, and it felt like everyone was kind of taking their swings at this account. Uh, and it was to, you know, kick off this new kind of create, you know, mentality that Adidas Sport had had, uh, had kind of identified within their strategic thinking. We ended up winning that with a, you know, an insight. I'd found this uh, letter that Colin Kaepernick had written himself when he was like nine or 10. And he was like, you know, one day I'm going to be 6'4". I'm going to play quarterback for the Niners. It's like, this is amazing. And we kind of used that as like inspiration for a kid in 2015, you know, typing on social that he's going to go up and, you know, one day kick Messi's ass and like these no. rivals you know, or these idols that have, you know, been his heroes his whole life are now going to be his rivals. And at the time it was, you know, I think now every brand is kind of going at that uh, mentality, which is awesome. But Literally Twitter, they just kind of posted on, on those billboards. I don't know if you've seen uh, Twitter's posting. Oh, billboards yeah, yeah. And oh, they have yeah. They're yeah, having tweets awesome. of people saying like, I'm going to be famous one day. And then they end up being Elton John or whoever it is. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, so that, that was really big. And, you know, went to, uh, went to RGA, the creative director for the Nike team. What, met some incredible friends. They're really great creatives there. And, you know, was really fortunate to get to work with Kobe. I think that just, I've been obsessed with basketball my entire life. It's, it's definitely been the, biggest uh fundamation fun, fundamental uh, kind mm -hmm. of inspiration in my life it's i feel like it's really helped build my character in general and there's just so many lessons that I've, I've taken from that game and so to be able to work and kind of direct him was really surreal yeah you know, well, well tell us like what were you guys working on what was yeah so we had worked we, uh, march madness at the time uh, he was it was kind of a campaign centered around not necessarily like some some lanes around it, but talking more about Mamba mentality. And then, you know, in part of this, he was kind of giving his lessons of Mamba mentality and then kind of no, talking no. to some of the teams in the in the field at March Madness. And yeah, I mean, when we were on set, the, I mean, he's the most professional athlete in terms of like, he was listening to me direct him. He was reading a teleprompter and he was improving all while like 50 people were staring at him. And it was just... He was you know, good. Oh my, he's incredible. He's incredible. Feeling incredibly grateful to be able to work with him. And then, yeah, I mean, in terms of rec league, I would say the the thing that really put us on the map and kicked us off was the kind of beginnings of uh, New Balance basketball. Okay, it was a you know really crowded landscape. Nike owns it. Adidas has uh, done really well. Puma's kind of put their mark in. New Balance was starting it. They get Kawhi. We were really, you know, we got to work really closely in terms of kind of building the content, the strategy and the plan around that. And around that time, Kawhi had, you know, he decided he was going to come to L.A. And I think with everything that I called that, by the way, I called that all my buddies that are to, listening to the clips. Yeah, I call nice. that. They, they know that. Yeah. But, he, yeah uh, when, when he was, yeah, when he when he, he got uh, he made that call. You know, we kind of got the the brief and and went off on that, and then we ended up, you know, creating this work uh, called, you know, Rain Over LA, that kind of kicked off this 
you know, new balance basketball in kind of a larger sense. And it felt like it really attached with culture. I think Skip and Shannon still talk about it all the time when, you know, there was little shots at LeBron and these other little kind of imagery and Easter eggs throughout it. And, um, you know, we were such a small shop at the beginning of that. I mean, the very beginning of rec league was, you know, three, five guys in a kitchen. What is it now? What's it looking like Uh, now? So we got about 15 and then we flex up for creative and production. So, you know, we just did a production with 115 and, you know, we'll flex down. So the kind of intention behind it to be intentionally leaner is just to not waste uh, space on, you know, bodies that aren't doing anything. So. No, I think that's attractive to a young aspiring advertiser or marketer. I think that's what they want to hear especially if you're creating great work all the time. Yeah, you got to be adaptable. I mean, we were, you know, when we started, the idea of agencies just living in project world was really terrifying. And, you know, I think we embraced from the start, how can we, you know, continue to add value in different ways? And, I, and you know, we pride ourselves on everyone. One, we want everyone to come here and work here as, you know, Swiss Army Knife and continue to learn. But I think we have a really really secure and like confident crew that very welcoming and just opening to helping careers. And, you know, we understand anybody that comes in here and helps rec league is obviously helping push that work forward, but we want to help them in their careers too. So it's been, it's been really awesome to help kind of build and building this thing with some great guys. Who's the best basketball? I mean, hands down myself and the fact that no one can, stand here and deny that to okay. you is great but yeah anyone wants this work my instagram is jensen jacks and i'm happy to see you on the court there we go well if my buddy juice is listening you'll have to come you'll have to fly to we'll have to fly to la done done we'll get a yeah a lot of courts yeah. out here a lot of games yeah good weather too we have a snowstorm right now that's been pretty tough but do you play i don't play myself we're start. I think we're starting a rec league. Actually, we're starting soon, though. Peter, if you're listening, message your priest. So we can <laughs> get that going. Yeah, there. I think there's something really communal about the idea of a rec league. Like when we looked at the name and we we thought about it, and there was kind of this hierarching philosophy. And we have a few philosophies that we kind of live by, but there is something really unique about a rec league that takes a bunch of different people that didn't necessarily come to the same school or the same, you know, city to initially for this thing, but you know, that they're coming together for an hour a week to mm-hmm. become a team and work together and kind of bring back a little bit of the glory days. And there yeah. is something awesome that I think we all miss about that kind of team sport mentality and right. Camaraderie. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. try to bring that to your agency. Is, is that what you're saying? Oh, hundred percent. The dream is certainly to uh, one day build the agency around an indoor basketball court would be fantastic. Oh, so that'd be cool. Yeah. I know every agency seems like they build their agency around stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who doesn't yeah. love running stairs? So yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Every agency has got these nice stairs in the middle that they take pictures on, but it'd be way cooler to have a basketball court in the middle. Gorgeous stairs. And I think the clients appreciate the stairs too. That's what, yeah. you know, yeah. cool. Awesome. So let's kick it back. I mean, I, I just want to highlight those main points of your break. And again, you, you said a lot of interesting things. We went fast over it. But what would you say was like your big break in moment where you got you broke into advertising? 
what was that moment again and how did that work for you? Uh, the moment, I mean, I broke into advertising for real in my mind was, you know, the finishing the internship at 72 and them offering me, uh, a and what job. was that internship again? Can you tell us the details on that internship? It was three months. You were working a lot of hours and what was your role? Yeah. So I, I got hired as a, an intern writer. Okay. Writer. Uh, I, I jumped uh, quickly from into the NBA 2k account. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like my initial kind of jump in point. And then for those three months, you know, it was, it was as if you were a junior writer, you were right. expected to be in every meeting to, to bring ideas. And uh, I really respected that they gave a shot, you know, it was in, and, and at that time, um, also the beneficiary of a lot of great seniors and mid-level creatives that didn't feel insecure about an intern being there and, and also kind of taking a shot. Cause you know, I mean, I think in a lot of agencies making stuff is, is, is your currency as a creative. And so naturally there is some competition that festers. And I think that that, you know, that time 72 is a little void of that. And I think that learning that early on really helped set the stage for what we wanted directly to be, because we want everyone individually to soar, but the work is only good if everybody really put, puts their you know full effort into it and is actually collaborative. And that's clients included. Like we're, we're very much friends and partners with all of our clients and they add to this process. There's no, you know, like cautioning off of anybody. There's no, you're on this side of the taxi and I'm on that. Like it's, 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 it's a team effort. And I learned that, you know, from the early days as an internship and I credit guys like Brian Rolls and Glenn Cole really brought me in initially. And, you know, those guys have done, you know, wonders over there. Gotcha. Okay. You were at RGA, you free, freelance a little bit after that. It says in your LinkedIn, but what was the moment in your head? It was like, all right, we're creating the rec league. Yeah, I mean, we, had, we knew we wanted to do our own thing, but funny enough, I was on a shoot with uh, Boogie Cousins in Sacramento. DeMarcus was, uh, was mm -hmm. in Sacramento at the time. We were shooting something for, for Nike Digital. And, uh, you know, we were just chopping it up with him. And he was like, you know, I have at the time, He's like, I have a million followers in this entire city of Sacramento following me. I've wanted to be a Nike athlete my entire life. And, you know, this is a, I don't, I don't, I don't get featured that much. This is one of the first things we've done. And he's like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start creating content too. And I think that was maybe 2016 ish. And that kind of like tipped off a light bulb in my head too, that there's just other opportunities in this world. And there's a lot of guys and it's not necessarily just the brands that are, you know, their own. They have their own following, but each one of these guys is becoming their own brands on social. That was kind of a, an initial thing to, to kind of push us in a smaller group outside of that to just kind of start making our own. Right. So we started doing that. And then that kind of naturally just kind of, you know, ultimately carouseled into, I guess, my, uh, my boss at Dime Magazine, this guy, Pat Cassidy had left Dime and he had become a client at New Balance. He had kind of seen some of our work. He had hit me up about it. You know, what's this rec league thing? And from there, we kind of just talked and, and started talking about, you know, what we were building over there. And ultimately that ended in a, an opportunity to work on a, a New Balance baseball project. And then that just kind of, you know, naturally positioned us in there and, and we got another project and then that built to another project. And then from there, you know, we just kind of built the agency. Wow. 
All so, very organic. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. and I, and we've learned too, there's no way to, to like force it, you know, and just like the work, you got to be authentic and, and ultimately be good people. Right. Right. So Boogie said, I'm going to create my own content. And you said, Oh, oh Boogie can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm like, if Boogie wants to do this, then more athletes want to do this. That's smart. And, and, and in, and in general, like, honestly, we, we've always tried to think about things differently and look at opportunities differently. When I was with Dime, I noticed that the biggest uh, thing that we got that I didn't necessarily get with a brand was much more time with athletes. I would spend, I spent four hours with Derek Rose and his trainer in a flip camera at the time. And then, wow. you know, we, we jump into a, a, a brand world and we get, hey, you got an hour and they're in and out. We need to see everything. And so we're like, okay, well, I can get four hours over there and I can tell a story. And so, you know, we hit up Slam with that kind of, you know, we first started Rec with like, hey, we can do more in that time with these guys and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll pull favors, we'll do whatever we can. Mm-hmm. And we originally did, we did a set of three with Kyle Kuzma when he was a rookie uh, uh, for the Lakers, Sharif O'Neal, he was a senior up at Crossroads, great kid, mm-hmm. and, uh, and with the, the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. We kind of did this three thing where, you know, we went in for the magazine, but then we kind of basically built a spot for these guys that, you know, the, the brand was slam and it was them. And, 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 you know, and ultimately we, we just try to look for those little moments. I think, you know, where can we add value in general? And there's always opportunity. I think like there's opportunity in this world and there's a lot of people that are going to say that there's not, but, you can force your hand and, and find opportunity anywhere. Did you ever make Kawhi Leonard or see anybody make Kawhi Leonard laugh? Yeah. Yeah. No, we made him laugh. We got some photos. I don't know if they were approved, but teeth were shown. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And no, he, he's a good dude. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure. I heard a story. He ate a bunch of apples at like dinner once. Have you heard that story? I did. I, th- I think that was debunked, but I do. Okay. I uh, I hope that he was uh, chuckling to himself about that. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's. I mean, honestly, he's like something that ad students should do a a study on because he was a guy that had been branded. He, you know, Jordan, Gatorade, and you know, from our perspective, it looked like a lot of brands were trying to make him LeBron, and he just isn't. And and people. Don't, and people like Kawhi because he's Kawhi. And so with oh, yeah. Bounce, from the very start, we leaned into him. And, and the idea was, how can we get the entire world talking without our guy having to say a word? And so you, you'll see, you know, on uh, the first three, four campaigns with Kawhi, he doesn't say a word intentionally. And it's not that he doesn't have anything to say. The spots are incredibly loud, I think, in, in his statements. But we lean into what is him and what's comfortable to him and why he is cool and why kids act, you know, are attracted to his story and, and why they like to watch him play and not anybody else. And with, mm-hmm. with everything, I think that's like a tenant of our work and something as, you know, I think very strategically and inside driven about creative as a writer, but we try to lean into curveballs or, you know, I think a lot of brands looked at it like, Hey, we have this spokesperson who doesn't like to talk and we looked at it as a positive. So, okay, right. cool. we can do a bunch yeah. of other cool stuff with that. And, right. you know, similar to this, thing we just did with Jamal Murray and Darius Baisley. You know, there's a lot of shipping issues with shoes. It's a yeah. very real issue, yeah, where we couldn't get sneakers to the guys on the shoot day. 
And we have an awesome client who's like down to lean into those curveballs and like poke fun and be self-aware and right. you can create, yeah, awesome work with it. And so we created a shoe commercial without a shoe because, uh, you know, it's a shoe commercial a without a shoe, a shoe commercial yeah. without a shoe. Yeah. Cause the supply chain, it was kind of supply chain. Hey, you get it. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. It's <laughs> The, the term for that is acknowledging resistance. I actually just read one chapter of a book yesterday, and that was a chapter. So Very cool. Yeah. And board man gets paid. I love that. I love that line. That was, uh, I was, uh, I'll give a shout out to Sean, Sean Sweeney at uh, New Balance. And uh, Q came up with, with those shirts and that kind of, uh, yeah, those so branding. And, yeah, fun guy. Um, it, yeah. it makes sense that you're just leaning into the Kawhi brand. Like that's who he is. Those are his values. I mean, if he is not a showy guy, so you're not going to make a showy, you're not going to make him be showy. It just makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Or the show is going to be around him and it's around. how he, he's going to control that show. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think there's always a strategy. There's always an idea to something that, you know, whatever the perceived curveball or resistance, like there's a way to think around that. How, so is it much different? Like when you have sports clients, is it much different than your traditional clients at an ad agency? You have your concept, you have your strategy, and you have your executions. They're all based on creativity and, and being interesting. I mean, the fundamental, it seems like they're pretty parallel. Maybe on paper, but I mean, I could, say that, I could say that I could use Tide my entire life, and I, I don't need or I don't need to have used Tide my entire life to write something that you convincingly need to wash your clothes, but if I'm talking to young aspiring football players or a kid in London who is a humongous, you know, Liverpool fan, and I better know what the hell I'm talking about because they're going to call bullshit immediately. And so that, you know, subconscious to some very on the nose to others, but that authenticity and that realness, you know, we say real always resonates and mm -hmm. it, it truly does because, and that's what makes it different being able to talk the talk. And, and being authentic, in our opinion, isn't stats and, you know, wins and losses. Like, it's awesome to know that you should be plugged in, but there is an authenticity to the passion and understanding of what it is to be right. that kid and to right. want to be that guy. You can't fake it. You can't lie. You have to be so, because these are fans. Fans, fan is short for fanatic. They will sniff it out if it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uninteresting. I've seen that. You know? Yeah. I've seen the same sports spot a thousand times. And so how can we do something different? And, you know, I think a lot of my career, I've always heard the brand like, well, we don't want to be Nike. We don't want to, well, Nike's kicking ass, you know, sure. But they're doing their own thing. So like, yeah, yeah, we don't want to be them. We don't want to have to, you know, run their same playbook. So let's create our own. Love it. So what advice do you have for the aspiring sports marketing, sports advertising student or recent grad? They, they want to do what you do. And I don't know too many agencies that do what you do. I'm sure there's a couple of competitors that you have on the top of your head, but, but we're not talking about them. How do, how do we get into the. I would say to, to young people jumping in one, mm -hmm. like give a shit truly. Uh, I think you can use advertising for whatever you want out of it. I'm a person who's, you know, I, I still, I think the majority of, I think a lot of creatives in general, like, kind of secretly loathe, but also love that they work in advertising is there's a lot of possibilities and opportunities in it. 
But I think, you know, use advertising for what you want out of it. If you want to be a writer, if you want to work in sports, if you want to write movies one day, or you want to learn how to sell better, there's a way to, to take this industry and, and learn a lot from it. But you have to mm-hmm. give a shit and, and not just give a shit like sleep in your car and photocopy a parking pass. That's one way. But like truly care about the insights and do the research and like consume. I like I I consume comments and I'm studying audiences and I'm watching interviews and every day it's an everyday thing. And that ultimately equals better work. And 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 don't just worry about putting portfolio pieces, but think about the ideas you're coming up with. And you know, we this is a it's a deeply insecure creative industry because creatives attach a bit of themselves to work. You write an idea, you come up with an idea oh, of your yeah. brain that didn't exist and somebody Naturally, rushes yeah. it. Yeah. It's hard to not be, it's hard to not take that personally. You got to You got to lose that immediately. Seriously. And it, and it takes, it takes a bit. It takes a well, bit. Well, we see that. We see that with our students, you know, our first quarter and second quarter students, it's hard for them to unlearn that, that, you know, you know they're, they're not your babies. They're just ideas. Think of more. And it's hard yeah. for them. In the beginning. But, but I, th- I think it comes with sacrifice and struggle too. You know, I mean, we're doing, I say that t- talking about, you know, we're working at like standing desk, you know, drinking boba. So it's not like you're sacrificing a ton, but it's, you know, if you get beaten down and you get bad reviews and you lose a thing, like that's going to build it up. So, and, and once you do it, once you know, you can do it, once you finally, whatever your goal is, if your goal is to get a spot on Monday night football and you finally do it and you know, you can do it hopefully that releases a lot of that tension. So I think for, for young people here, one, we want to get them involved early so that their ideas are a part of the collaborative process. So they're not like, okay, you didn't win the big idea. You're shut out. Everybody's a part of like building this thing, sure. whatever brand they are. And, and just be interested in it. Like be interested in the whole thing. Like if gotcha. it's hard to say, it's hard to, you know, and I, I say this as someone who, who got, I don't think I sold an idea for a year at 72. And, you know, I think I came to work every day hoping they didn't realize that I was bad at this. And you just kind of keep pressing it, keep pressing it. But and then what we just talked about, you mentioned uh, resistance, but I would say lean into curveballs with work, with every single brief you get. Like that's to me, that's where like the magic happens is like finding those little bits in the brief that like are already there for you and that you might perceive as resistance like. If you find the way into that, that's the thinking that people attach to, because I think people are really perceptive of self-awareness and that there's a superpower in that. Love it. Great. Are you hiring now or how can people reach out to you if they want to just learn more about you? I mean, we're, you know, always looking for, for talent in general. I mean, we're, you can find us, you know, at Rec League Legends on Instagram, uh, com you know, reach out, follow, mm-hmm. watch, be interested in sports. I'd say there's never been a, a moment in time where if you want to write about sports or you want to, you want to be a part of it, there's a blog for every single team. There is mm-hmm. an opportunity to, and, uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to jump in and take that. I'd say, but yeah, I mean, definitely hit us up and, and follow along. Cool. All right. Jack, that's all I got for you. We'll have people reach out to you. It'll be easy to find you. I'll have all of our links at Breaking and Entering Pod on Instagram, all one word. And they can find you there, and I'm sure they will. You'll probably get a bunch of messages. So thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, sir.
Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie. Or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests, better break-ins, if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. It's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn. They want to connect. So do that. And thank you. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Uchan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz, their PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.